morning everyone. Wow, that word. Yeah, the Lord spoke to me exactly the same thing in worship. I wrote it down. Um, I'm going to be uh, preaching on about faith this morning. Um, and I, I want to ask you to open up your heart to the Lord. I really believe the Lord's going to come with power this morning as we hear his word. It's got to be nothing about how I preach or anything like that. But the, the Lord wants to work in our hearts. Um, I, uh, I got three pictures while I was worshipping, and you'll see completely in line with, with Cindy's word. The one is a picture of a, of, of a child. Um, has anyone ever heard of, of that, or that story, um, Annie? I don't know, you maybe have read it or you've seen it about a little uh, orphan girl, you know, and, and, um, and she's kind of in this orphanage and, and being mistreated and she's, you know, she's really struggling with everything and she doesn't have enough food and, you know, the, the, for those of you who've n if not, who don't know that story. And then there's, there's, there's a man, and I don't know how, but he, he, he eventually adopts her. Um, and he's a very rich man and, 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 a, and a kind and a loving Sorry. A very kind and a loving man. And he comes and he gets her with all of his entourage and all of his riches and his strength. And he rescues her from the orphanage where she's being mistreated. And that is what God has done for us. But what happens is many of us because we don't know of everything that he's done for us. We can't, and the word is, appropriate it. We can't get the benefit of it. And so some of us remain stuck in the orphanage. And I believe Jesus wants to come and set us free today. Sorry. The second is a picture of a flea. Do you know that a flea is an amazing in, uh, insect or animal or whatever it is? Do you know that a flea can jump thousands of times its height? That's how strong it is. You, you know how high a flea can jump? Hey Siri, how high can a flea jump? Here's what I found from Pestworld.org. Fleas use their powerful legs to jump as high as 8 inches vertically, which is 150 times their own height. Thank you. 150 times their own height. Imagine I could jump 150 times my own height. I would get into the MBA. In fact, I'd hit my head on the roof of the, of the ceiling of the MBA, right? But you know how to how to stop a flea from jumping that high. You can train a flea. And you train a flea by putting it in a little jar and putting the lid on. And then that flea jumps and hits its head and jumps and hits its head and then it realizes it's not nice to hit my head. 
And so it starts, starts jumping just that much below the lid. It still jumps, but it doesn't hit the lid anymore. It's like popcorn, you know, when you hear, like, ding, 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 and then there's no more, and it just jumps that height. And then you take the lid off, and the flea still only jumps that height. And I feel like with that image, there's a number of us who are only jumping like that. But we were made to jump and to do great things for God. But we've been trained by the pain of hitting our heads or hurting ourselves somewhere along the line. And I feel like Jesus is going to set us free. He wants us to see that the lid is off now. And the third picture I got in worship is of an elephant standing next to a stake. You know how they train an elephant at the circus is they, they get it as a baby elephant and they put a stake in the ground and chain it to the stake. And the, elephant, the baby elephant tries to pull against it but the, the, the chain is strong and the stake is in the ground. It's a little stake but it's, the baby elephant can't move it and so it, it learns when the chain is on and the stake is in the ground, I can't move it. And then it grows up. And it's stuck in the chain. And that elephant could just, and no chain would hold it. But it doesn't know. And it doesn't have faith. And so it's stuck. And the Lord wants to come and break some elephant's chains today. You know, um, Jesus is the champion of heaven. He's the victor. He has won. He's won the war. He's won the fight against sin and death and the devil. He's won. And he's made a way that we could be more than conquerors. You know, Mike Tyson, he was a mighty boxer in the ring. Sometimes he even bit people. And, and, and you would think of Mike Tyson when he won, a, uh, he was a conqueror. He's the one who fought, he's the one who won, and then he would get, go and get his paycheck. And when he got home, his wife would be standing at the door, and she would go like this. And he would take the paycheck out of his, and give it to her. He was a conqueror. She was more than a conqueror. <laughs> Jesus is the conqueror. Jesus is the champion of heaven. But he has said that he has made us to be more than conquerors. Because he gives us the victory. We don't earn it. We just need to know about it and appropriate it. And I'm hoping that as we, as we hear the word of God, we're going to learn how to overcome as more than conquerors. So today I'm going to preach on faith. I have a sense that this is going to go for a couple of weeks on faith.
just because I know that there's so far there's 27 pages and uh, we, we, we're only going to take 30 minutes, um, 30 or so. I'm going to try to preach and teach on, on, on faith, on a faith that leads us somewhere, on a faith that produces something in us. On a faith that results in hope and love. A hope that expresses itself in joy and peace. And love that expresses itself in loving deeds. Good deeds towards God. Gratefulness towards God, holiness, devotion to God, worship to God. And then love that it expresses itself towards others in hospitality, generosity, and a life poured out in one sacrifice after another for others. So why? Why am I going to be preaching on faith? Well, because my faith has been tested over the last few months. And to be honest with you, I didn't pass the test very well. I've told all the elders and I've told all the elders in our hub and uh, now I'm telling you. Um, and in, in not passing those tests very well, I realized actually how weak my faith had become. Because if my faith was stronger, I would have passed the tests more easily, more quickly. Tests will come. Troubles will come. Hurdles will come. Heartaches will come. And in order to pass them, in order to endure, in order to overcome, what we need is faith. And I've learned that. I learned how I needed to, to first examine myself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13:5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I realized I still do believe in Jesus, but I had forgotten how to believe in him in my circumstance. I had forgotten how to trust in my heavenly father. And so I started to panic and fear. You know what happened to me is I, I started watching some things on YouTube, which I shouldn't have, which was about um, uh, like an investigative journalism into um, a corruption around the world. And watching that and, and waiting for the next episode to come out, I started to, to look deeper into you know, corruption into various institutions and countries. And, and, and then I started listening to parliamentary debates about corruption and, and then thinking about the, the 2024 elections in South Africa and what's going to happen <coughs> with the ANC and, and these... Um, Smaller parties trying to build a, a coalition government. And, you know, and then I, I remembered growing up in Zimbabwe and I remembered what happened there with corrupt politics and the like. And I started to fear. 
And I started to ask myself, what am I doing here in South Africa? Why did I come back? And then I started to look around the world and I noticed that there isn't anywhere safe, actually, that I can go. Because I was thinking about running. Where can I go? America is being taken over by liberal thinking and, you know, there's nowhere safe except right in the middle of God's will. The safest place is to die in the faith. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. But you dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. This verse says that our responsibility is to build ourselves up and to build up one another in our most holy faith. That means that our faith needs to be built up. There's an effort involved in building a house. There's effort involved in building your faith. I realized in my own life, it's not enough for me to have had a strong faith six weeks ago. Somehow faith can dissipate. It can leak. You go to the, the bottle of water in the fridge and, you know, I don't know, I, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning last night, you know, just wide awake and started praying and then I felt thirsty and I went to the fridge and, and, and I opened the fridge and there's normally a bottle of water that's full of water. And, and I was thirsty and I, and I went and there was no water in the bottle. There was, but it was about two drops. There were some people at our house last night, I don't know. I'm just playing. But the bottle wasn't full. And so I couldn't quench my thirst with the water. And what we don't want to happen is to be living our lives and suddenly the bottle of faith that was always full isn't anymore. And so we need to build up our faith. We need to build up our faith. We need to um, build each other up in our faith. And, it, and it's, it's, that, that verse talks about some whose faith might be wavering. The Christian walk, the, the following Jesus, it's not a straight line upwards. It certainly isn't for me. I find that there's, there's seasons when I, I'm growing in the Lord and my faith is growing, but there are seasons like I went through the last couple of months where my faith was shaken. And for those of us, and I know 
all of us are somewhere in the empty to full faith today. Some of us, our faith may be wavering. The bottle might be leaking quickly. And the Bible says that, that we must encourage each other. We must go towards those whose faith is wavering. And if your faith is wavering, come towards the body. Don't try and sort it out on your own. We need each other. And then the Bible says that we need to rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Um, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if our faith is leaking, if our faith is low, if we're struggling with faith, we need to have it built up because there are many warnings that we'll start to look at about the, the terrible consequences if we lose our faith in God. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, talks, uses a different analogy. The one we looked at just now was, was building ourselves up or filling the bottle. This is a different analogy, and it says, fight the good fight of faith. This speaks of a, of a wrestle, of a struggle. If you look at the, at the Greek there, it, it, it speaks about enter the arena and fight for faith. So fight, fighting for faith, obtaining faith, growing faith is not a passive thing. It's an active thing. It's something that each one of us are, are called to, to fight this good fight of faith. And then it says, take hold of of the eternal life to which you were called. Take hold means grab it with vigor, with almost a, an aggressiveness to take hold of eternal life. If I hold this and I, and I walk like this, have I taken hold of it? I mean, I've got it, but the first person who snatches it is going to what? Snatch it, Nick, come on. Oh, come on, snatch it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. That's the illustration. I, I had faith, right? But I wasn't taking hold of it. So he could just snatch. But if I take hold of it, now try and get it. You see, a bit aggressively. And so in the same way, we have to take hold of eternal life. And then it says, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you've made good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then he continues in verse 17 and he says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. This is one of the areas that I was tested in. I have some money, as we all do. And I realized I had put my hope on money. I've taught people not to do that. And yet, when my little world was shaken, I was trying to figure out how do I protect this thing 
The Bible talks about how for a rich man, his fortress is his riches. And he thinks it's going to keep him safe. But here it says, charge them not to be proud, not to be haughty, and not to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches. Riches are uncertain. It doesn't matter in what form you have your riches. It doesn't matter where they're invested. If they're on earth in this lifetime, they can be here today and gone tomorrow. I think I hit a note. <laughs> where do we put our hope? This, this is a, an uncertain chair. It's plastic. It's made in South Africa. You know. <clears throat> Was that wrong? Okay, it's plastic. It's plastic, okay? It's uncertain. Now, this, this is far more certain, I think. I haven't looked underneath, but it feels more certain, right? Compared to this. And, and yet, and so in his wisdom, God says to us, don't put your certainty, don't rest your life on uncertain riches. Rest it on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And I realized when my little world was shaking, I started to shake. Because my heart was relying here. And it doesn't have to be riches. Maybe it's your husband or your wife. I had some health challenges that I went through. And my wife's faith which was, Lucas will provide, was tested. And it was very difficult for her. And she started not being able to sleep because she was concerned. But her faith should never be in me. It should be in God. Maybe we'll use that chair again. Maybe we won't. And so I learned I needed to build up my faith. I learned that I needed to, to enter the fight to, to, to become stronger in faith again. The Bible talks about faith being like a shield. It says, take up the shield of faith. I realized that I had put down the shield of faith. And I was wondering why all these arrows kept on hitting me. And that I needed to take hold of eternal life again. I had to lift up my eyes from this temporary uncertain world and I needed to place them on someone who is powerful and eternal and loving and good. And the Bible describes him as your heavenly father. And we'll talk a lot more about him. And so, what I'd like to do is I'd like to begin with an overview of what faith is, so that we can have very practical handles, so that this can help us 
in our day-to-day, picking up faith, growing in faith, building up faith, fighting for faith. And I'm going to give you bullet points before we do them. Is that okay? So that you know where we're going. The first one is that faith is believing that God will keep his promises. The essence of faith is believing that God will keep his promises. We're going to talk about how faith is the way to be saved. It's the way to obtain eternal life. We're going to talk about faith is how we understand spiritual realities that can't be physically or intellectually perceived. We're going to talk about that faith is the way, the basis, the reason, the foundation of how and why we live the way we do as Christians, which should be completely different to how people in the world live. But sometimes, in practice, we might live just the same way as they do. Or think the same way as they do. We're going to talk about how faith comes by hearing and believing the Word of God. We're going to talk about the fact that having faith is the only way to please God. And because it is all important to please God, it's all important to be full of faith. We're going to talk about the fact that faith is the basis of obedience. We're going to talk about the fact that faith is the source of our reward. Eternal reward. We're going to talk about the fact that faith is the basis of us doing otherwise crazy things in this life for God. We're going to talk about how faith is the source of our hope, of our peace, of our joy. We're going to talk about how faith is the power that enables love. That it's the source of power to live a holy life. And we're going to talk about what life looks like without faith. <coughs> Does that sound exciting? That's the first little bit. But let's start. Number one, faith is believing that God will keep his promises. Hebrews 11 and... Uh, I encourage you over the next few weeks, read Hebrews 10, Hebrews 11, and Hebrews 12. Meditate on them. Read them so you get the whole context of what we're going to be talking about. Because it's, it, some, some people um, uh, refer to these passages as, as the hall of faith. You know, like the hall of fame. Okay. Hebrews 11, 11. And it's interesting, we're going we're gonna to start with Sarah. Abraham's wife. Do you remember Sarah? How old was Sarah? Anyone? 
I don't know. It's probably in the Bible, right? She was old. Too old. To be accurate. She was too old. Right? Too old to have children. Had Sarah had any children before she got too old? No. It says Hebrews 11, 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Even Sarah. Is it possible for even you to do great things for God? Though she was barren, Oh, she was also barren. She was, though she was barren and she was too old. So it's not just that she could have children, but she was too old now. She was barren, which means she couldn't have children while she was young and she was too old. I've noticed God loves to add up the challenges. Do you remember Elijah? Or was, yeah, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Do you remember that story? He tells them, you go first. And they do whatever they want. And they, you know, and they cut themselves. And, and he starts teasing them. He says, maybe, maybe you know, you're calling on your gods you know, to bring fire from heaven. But ma maybe he can't hear you. Shout louder. And then you know, he's enjoying himself. You know? He's like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he's on the toilet. I mean, he was, he, he, it's written in the Bible, he says that. And then what does he do? He, he, he builds an altar. Who can remember the story? Okay, tell us. But I asked, okay, what did he do? He put stones first. And then what did he put? P pardon? He, he dug a trench around it. Right? And, and then what did he do? Did he put wood on it? He put wood. Okay, and then water. He poured a lot of water. Did he fill up the whole trench? with? So he made sure that it was wet. I mean, I've got some wood that I've kept dry for a year, and it took me three fire lighters this morning to get it going. Okay? So he wet the wood. And then what did he do? He, 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 he prayed. And he said, God, show yourself. And what does it say? And fire from heaven came and consumed the altar. This was proper fire. God, like, God likes to add up the challenges. They say, I remember uh, there, there was someone who came to Jesus and said, if you can do anything, please can you help my, I forget Mike, can you remember, was it his servant? Yeah, his servant was sick or dying. or yeah. He said, if you can do it, and Jesus says, if I can. You know, God's got a sense of humor. Nothing is impossible for God. And so this scripture says, 
It was by faith. It was by believing the promises of God. It was by believing that God will keep his promises. This, a, a few things you need to believe to believe that God will keep his promises. You first have to believe that there is a God. And the second thing you have to do is you have to find his promises. And then you have to believe that he will do it. It's a three-step process. You can't ignore God and, and, and get the promises. You can't believe there's a God but have no idea what the promises are and just think he'll provide, I'm sure, what I want. No, no, no. You have to believe in God. You have to know his promises and then lean on them. Does that make sense? And it says, though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. Do you, think, um, do you think Abraham and Sarah had to do something about that? I think they had to do something about it. Even though they were too old. Let's leave it there. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. Bassie, you're going to miss this, eh? You can go to the bathroom. You can go to the bathroom. I'm just saying, if anyone else feels like walking out, I'm going to pick on you too. No, go, go, go. Shame, shame. I, yes, I do that at home as well. Yes. Okay. okay. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. And I know there's lots of questions going through our minds at the moment. Like, I remember when I, I was growing up, I, I, I read how blind Bartimaeus was, was sitting in the street somewhere and he heard that Jesus was coming. And, 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 and blind Bartimaeus wanted to be healed of his blindness. He wanted to see. And so he shouted, Jesus, son of man or son of God, <coughs> have mercy on me. And people are like, Bartimaeus, shh, yeah. But Jesus said, bring him to me. And then he says to him, Bartimaeus, what do you want? I mean, wasn't it obvious? And then he said, I want to see. And Jesus healed him of his blindness. And when I was growing up, I could hardly see a thing without my Coke bottle glasses. You know those glasses? They're the glasses that you get in Zimbabwe in the 1980s. Okay? They are extremely thick because they don't have the technology there yet to make them thinner with a really bad eyesight. 
And so you have to wear them with very big because the lenses, you know, there's a certain thickness that's required and then they have to fit. And so basically I was wearing, have you ever seen those clown glasses? It looks something like that. And then my mother always used to buy me uh, three times too big uh, sports shorts so that I could wear them for a few years, right? Because we didn't have that much money, yeah? And so basically I, had, I was called parachute pants and I had these awesome glasses, you know? Some, some said that I should wear them while playing cricket as protective eyewear, yeah? And so I heard of blind Bartimaeus and, and, and I believed, I'm like, Jesus, you can heal me of this. And, and, and I was on a camp and, 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 I, and, and there was a, a big camp. <laughs> Patrick. Patrick forgot, he who has the mic has the power. <clears throat> no, I'm joking. That was beautiful. Um, and, and, and so there's this big campfire, and I'm like, I, I believe that, that, that Jesus can heal. I mean, I know he can heal, because he healed blind Bartimaeus, and I wasn't blind, but I was close, right? And, 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 and so I took my glasses off, and I'm like, I believe you, Lord. And I, and I threw them into the fire. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep His promise. I'll tell you what, eh? I didn't see for about four weeks. Because my dad was so furious. I got such a lashing because those were expensive. Even though they looked like that. And I remember, I mean, you know, I couldn't do anything for four weeks because I could, couldn't see. And this is often what happens with us with our faith, is we hold unwaveringly to the hope we affirm, because God can be trusted to keep His promise, He just didn't promise that. And so what happens is, is we've got faith, but we start to either fall away from our faith because I thought, God, you told me to marry this man or this woman and now look at the pit that we're in and look how difficult it is and, and we can't get through this. And look, and, and so we, we either fall away from our faith or we compartmentalize our faith. We're like, okay, I can trust you to save me forever and take me to heaven, but... Oh, when it comes to this, because it didn't work. Any of us got any of those doors inside that are closed to God that we just, oh, I'm not going to trust you with that now. Because, because I tried that. I mean, I threw my glasses in the fire. You know what? He did heal me. I wear contact lenses. And I can do everything I want to do now that I couldn't. But he didn't want to heal me that way on that day. But he wanted to teach me that he loves me and he cares for me and he can do it even if he chooses to say no. 
There's a beautiful scene in uh, the TV series called The Chosen where James, one of the disciples who they depict as having a limp and, and, and using a stick, comes to Jesus. And, and Jesus has just gathered them around and said to them, I'm sending you two by two, and I want you to go, and I want you to heal the sick, and I want you to cast out demons, and I want you to preach saying, saying the gospel, the good news has come to you, the kingdom of God has come to you. And after that, they're all amped except James, because James can't walk properly himself. And so he comes to Jesus. This is not Bible. This is the chosen. He comes to Jesus. It's, you know, they've got license. They, and he says, can I talk to you? And Jesus is like, yes, come. And James says, I'm really struggling because am I going to heal people? Jesus says, yes. You just lay your hands and they will be healed. And now James is like, but Lord, I've... I've seen you heal so many. And you know that I want to be healed. Why wouldn't you heal me? And Jesus says to him, James, the Father and I reserve only for very special people the testimony that while I could heal you, I don't. And you still love me. And James is crying. He still can't quite understand it. And then Jesus looks at him and he says to him, James, you know I'm going to heal you, don't you? It'll be like a blink of an eye. And then you'll be healed forever. I love you, James. And he doesn't heal him there and then. But I'm telling you, the moment James walked into heaven, new body, no more suffering, no more pain, forever and ever. I don't think he was regretting the few years here where the Lord chose to leave him with something. And part of what we're going to learn as we start to look at faith together, is we're going to learn that the love of God and the wisdom of God and the kindness of God and the grace of God is so much greater than we ever could have imagined. We're going to learn that when we're trusting Him just for that deal to come through and it doesn't, it's because there's great danger in riches that He's protecting us from. We're going to learn that he is way more concerned with our eternal well-being than we are. And this is something I, I would like to just close with. Yeah, this could go a number of weeks. I want to close with this. When we struggle with that uncertainty, with that what can I ask you for, God? What, what can I trust you for? What can I put my faith in? One of the answers is this. Who knows better, me or God, 
What's the answer? And who loves me more? Me or God? God. And is anything impossible for him? And is he a loving father? He is love. And so I can ask him for anything. Knowing that he will give me what's best for me. Does that make sense? And in those areas where you were praying for somebody and they didn't get healed. Or where you asked him for this thing and he, he, di he didn't come through as you expected. Just know this this morning. He knows better. He loves you more. And he is kind and gives us everything that is good for us. And even in the suffering, we're going to get to that. His grace is sufficient. He will not let us be tested beyond what we can endure. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you that you're a God that we can depend upon, that we can believe in, that you're a good God, that you're a loving, heavenly Father. And help us, Lord, help us to build our faith over the coming weeks, Lord, to grow our faith, to know you better, to trust you more. In Jesus' name.